Right now, Bet365 are offering a wide range of markets, including first, last, or anytime goal scorers. With over 45 million members, it's the world's favourite online betting company. We've got wall-to-wall Premier League football with games being played nearly every day. And with Bet365's Bet Builder, you can combine match results, players to score, number of goals and more to create your own personalised bets. And if you can't watch all the games live, with Bet365's Match Live feature, you can follow every moment through live graphics and text. Bet365 is the world's favourite online sports betting company. The app can be downloaded from Google Play and the Apple Store. Over 18s only, please gamble responsibly. Hello, welcome back to 1874, the podcast that brings you the definitive word on Aston Villa Football Club every single week. Greg, the morning after, I'm not feeling any any better, I'm still very upset. You went to the game last night, you were at Goodison Park, absolute sickener wasn't it? Yeah, horrible really, just the way it ended. Um, Goodison Park's a place I really like going, you know, traditional old ground. Uh, the fans usually get bit, get behind their team. There's there's always a bit of an edge up there, isn't there? And I sometimes get goosebumps when I uh, when I hear the Z cars tune before the game. But going to places like that with no fans inside was again just very weird. It was the the first away game that I had done uh, since the restart. And yeah, Villa missed another huge opportunity. You know, with no fans inside the the ground, it, it's it's a leveler and. I always thought that Villa were totally in control of the game. You know, when you're at games and you just get the feeling that one side there's only ever going to be one winner. I just, I just felt like that yeah. was Villa, and you know they, they scored. They had a brilliant, brilliant opportunity from Manuel Algarzi. I still don't know how it's missed it, and and I just thought Everton. It felt like Everton were on the beach. It felt like they didn't care. They were very, very quiet. You know, it was just like, I, I was so surprised how quiet they were as a team. They were almost just like rolling over and accepting defeat. And Villa were the complete opposite. Every single player was, you know, g- giving their orders to their teammates and, and all pulling together. And there was a real fight there. And it's just, just sickening, really, the way the way it ended because everything came to life in, in the last five or six minutes. Calvert Lewin missed a sitter. And then Walcott came from nowhere and, and scored against Villa like he always seems to do. Yeah, I mean, you're talking about enjoying going to Goodison Park. Sadly, I don't think you'll be going there next season. That's a, that's a sad thought. Villa and Everton's obviously two of the traditional teams. It's one of the most played fixtures in England, but I think we've blown it now. We don't think we're going to be playing them or any of the big boys next season. Like you, I, I felt we were in control watching it on, on TV. I, re, I really felt like we were resolute. I thought we were, controlled the midfield with McGinn, Harahan and Louise. I thought... Everton didn't look like they were going to score, as you say, until the last five, six minutes. But it's Villa and points from leading positions. We, we just can't seem to hang, hang on to leads, especially away from home. And, and we have blown it now, Greg. Yeah, unfortunately, I, I think it's the end now. Um, not mathematically, of course. And if Villa do go on and win their two remaining games, they've got a chance. I mean, probably hoping that, that Watford lose all three games now. That will be the... The only realistic outcome for, for Villa to survive, really, win yeah. both their games, hope Watford lose all their three. But yeah, I, I just think they've left it a little bit a little bit too late. I mean, what I did see was a team that was fighting and giving everything. Dean Smith said after the game that he still won't give up. But for the first time in a while, I genuinely felt sorry for Smith because he looked a little bit broken at the end. He, he, he looked like he knew that his side were going down. He looked like that he knew that his side had just missed a huge opportunity to, to leave themselves into what would have been a relatively healthy position. Okay, Villa would have still been in the bottom three, but it looked good for a, for a period, didn't it? It looked like one point off West Ham and, and Watford that, okay, this might actually be on. And 
We've seen over the years with Dean Smith sides, we've seen over the years with Dean Smith as manager at Villa, when they get a little bit of momentum, they can get going. And there was a period when Villa were 1-0 up. And, and, and cruising in, in my eyes, OK, it was only a 1-0 lead, but I just genuinely didn't think they were going to give it away. And, and I was thinking, this could be it. You know, they, they might actually do this after all. And there was a moment, I think, where, I think it was after El Ghazi's uh, miss, I think Keenan Davis, there was a challenge with an Everton defender and it, it looked, I haven't seen the replay, but it looked to me like he had actually won a foul, but instead I think it was given the other way. And yeah, that's the director's a bizarre box, decision. Yeah, I mean, what was it a foul? I, I didn't think so. Yeah, I mean, I thought I it was the other way so. around. You know, I thought it, I thought it should have been a free kick to Villa. And anyway, you know, the director's box was just in front of the press box at Goodison Park, and it was a hive of activity at the time. You know, even Suso was on his feet protesting. Um, Paul Tyrrell, for those who don't know him, he's Christian Perslow's right-hand man. He was up on his feet, you know, with his hands in his air, hands on the head. Um, it was it was just like Villa just needed to go and get that extra, you know, that extra goal and finish it off. You know, the staff were all on their feet around them. Dean Smith was fuming and it was like, it just felt so close. And unfortunately now it just looks like it's so far away. Yeah, at one point the swing had obviously gone from seven points it was looking like it was going to be one, which was some turnaround in a, in a week, really. That would have been some turnaround. Anyway, it's now three points, which, as you say, it isn't impossible, but it feels very unlikely that Villa are going to go and win their last two games, simply because we haven't won games in a row all season, unfortunately. But I'm annoyed because it was a, it was a good performance. I'm not going to get on any of the players' backs because I really felt it was a strong performance. It was a resolute performance. And as I said, I think we looked after the ball well. OK, we didn't have too many shots on target, but as an away display... I thought it was a really, really good display and just a few more displays and resolute activity like that throughout the season. We wouldn't be in trouble, Greg. That That's the annoying thing. We could have gone to places and played like that and, and undoubtedly think we would have won games away from home through the season, which would have seen us safe. And that's the annoying thing again, that we didn't have to be that good. Just a couple more things going our way, a, a couple of more better performances and you're safe and it's just so frustrating. Yeah, it really is. And, you know, it goes back to that old, that old thing, doesn't it? You know, Villa genuinely only needed to be average to stay up this season. And you, you look at it, it's probably going to be one, maybe maybe one or two wins that, that's going to that's gonna be the difference. I mean, m- might not even be that in the end. I mean, Villa still might take it into the last game of the season, which, to be fair, you can look at it two ways. You can think, well, OK, they're probably going to finish 19th now and there's only one team worse than them in, in the division. Or you can look at it the other way and think, well, it was a newly promoted team that was always expected to struggle and they've taken the battle into the last game of the season. Not as if they've been, um, you know, absolutely pelted with, with defeats and, and goals against. And, you know, it, it's a close it's a close relegation battle and it just shows that it's a massive, massive, huge missed opportunity because one or two wins here and there, you know, the, the times when Villa were leading, they've dropped 21 points from winning positions, which... Sounds like a really bad thing, yeah, but West Ham have dropped 24 points from winning positions and are still above them. Arsenal have dropped 21 points from winning positions and are still, what, eighth or ninth in the table. You know, that it happens to teams. It's just how they it's, it's how they perform over the course of a whole season that really matters. The only stat that matters, I know it's a very old cliche, is just how many points you pick up at the end. And that's what's going to be Villa's downfall. They just haven't managed to get enough. No, and again, it felt, yes, as I say, it felt like a good performance but we're just missing a couple of players. We're missing something on the wing and we're definitely missing a goal scorer. There is not a goal scorer at the club and that, that is a major problem, isn't it? Yeah, so the story that I've written today in The Athletic, which you'll, you'll see all in its in its full, is 
is basically the the striker shortage. You know, it, it's 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 the players that Villa targeted uh, in the summer, the players that Villa tried to get in January and missed out for varying reasons. Um, and unfortunately, how bad it's been for Ali Samata since he's arrived and Keenan Davis. Villa have got Villa are relying on defenders to score from set pieces to get them points in the game. They've not, they've they've scored five goals since the, since the restart. Three of those are from defenders. Samata and Davis have got one goal between them all season. Now, with Davis, I think that there are mitigating circumstances. I feel like he holds the ball at well, he brings others into play, and he's young and he's an academy prospect, he's an academy graduate who hasn't really cost the club much money. But I think it's just bad mismanagement, leaving themselves so short that they've had to rely on a player like that to score them the goals, and he hasn't been able to do it. It's the story of the season, really. Villa started the season with three strikers, which isn't enough. Um, if you read my story today, you'll see all the strikers that they went for um, and the reasons why they, they weren't able to get them. And then in January, there was a period where Anwar Al Ghazi was the only uh, was was being used as a forward, you know, a winger by trade. How does a Premier League club get to the stage in the season, regardless of all the hardship that they've faced, that they've got no strikers to turn to, not a single recognised senior striker? They had to, okay, they got four. They got four points out of three games with Al Ghazi up front. But what on earth's going on? How do you how are you expected to survive if you haven't got a single striker? And even when they got strikers in after that. They just unfortunately haven't been able to do the business. And it's not as if Villa don't create opportunities. An incredible stat which I came across yesterday was that Villa are, Villa are sixth in the table in terms of chances created. The five teams that are above them are the top five in the division. Now, it, it's just showing you there. I mean, if, if there is ever a, a statistic to highlight Villa's season, it's that. They've created chances. They haven't put them away. And unfortunately, that's what's going to send them down. Yeah, I've got to say, it's, it's gross negligence, the striking situation all season. I think serious questions have got to be asked of, of Perslow and Suso here. If you were the owners of the football club who've poured the amount of money in that they have, surely even they can see. I mean, I don't think they're naturally football fans. I think I think uh, Nasef is, but Wes Edens isn't naturally a football fan, I don't think. But they, they must be thinking, how can you be in that situation of not having a goal scorer at the club? How? Because let's face it, if you haven't got a goal scorer, it is going to be tough to stay up. I like Davis, like you. I thought he made an impact when he came on. I thought we looked better when he came on the pitch. He brings people into play, even though he's not going to score himself. But we're perhaps more likely to score with him on the pitch than with Samata on the pitch, if that makes sense. But going into the season with three strikers that had never scored a Premier League goal, two of them who weren't regular starters in the Championship, it's negligence and you can't put it any other way, Greg. And I haven't read your piece yet. It was quite early in the morning when we're recording, but when I do read it, I imagine that's not going to cheer me up, the strikers we've missed out on. And if you are interested in reading Greg's article and you're not subscribed to The Athletic at the moment, there is a 30-day free trial if you do want to check out that strikers piece. Go to theathletic.com slash villapod. You'll be able to sign up for a free trial, so make sure you do. And that's a 30-day trial and you'll get to read the piece in full. But yeah, Greg, striking situation, joke. Yeah, it's, it's, it's frustrating, isn't it? Look, you know, for me, you just can't go into the season with, with three strikers, unfortunately. It doesn't If they're, if they're fantastic, brilliant, pr- proven goal scorers, then fair enough. Um, you know, there are there are sides that have, that have got by with with that. But Villa, as you say, they went into the Premier League with uh, three strikers who've never scored a goal in the Premier League. OK, Wesley's figures were starting to stack up. And, and to be fair, Dean Smith did highlight that. He'd scored five goals in 21 games before he got injured and... Smith said, you know, in that rate, he's heading towards the sort of 11, 12, 13 bracket, which if he did, 
those goals might have kept Villa up, you know, but we just don't know, do we? I just think that they needed another striker to to support Wesley because Keaton Davis has had troubles with injuries. You know, he, until these recent weeks, he, he hasn't really um, proved that he can stay fit. Um, he has now, he's shown his durability, which is great for him. And hopefully the future is bright for him. You know, feel like he would be a good striker in the championship and hopefully we'll get some goals. But just going back to the, the issues, yeah, I just feel like Villa should have... Villa should have pushed harder to sign Neil Morpod, for example. It was £20 million, it was deemed too much, but he scored 10 goals now for Brighton. He's directly contributed to 11 points in Brighton's season. That's the difference between staying up and going down. And if Villa had a striker that could do that, then they might be staying up, but fortunately they're going down. Big miss because he, he knows Dean Smith, he, he knows what Dean Smith wants to do, and I really feel like Dean Smith might have been able to play his brand of football a little bit more with a couple more of his own players rather than what we ended up getting, but I'm sure that'll be a story that we dissect again in summer podcast, Greg. Pardon the pun, but obviously Villa have had a, a close shave there, so I'm, I'm obliged to, to bring in our sponsors at, at this point, Harry's. Now, I got sent a kit the other day, Greg, it's from Harry's. It's a really, really smart bit of kit. I mean, I'm not much of a much of a like wet shaver usually, to be fair. But I'm definitely going to have a tryout of this Harry stuff because it looks really good. I don't know whether you've you've seen it yourself or not, but if you haven't, you should, you should get yourself a, a trial set sent through, like like I have. You've got yourself a trial set. Well, where's mine? I haven't got mine. Well, have you, you got repl- a freebie? Yeah, yeah. If you reply to the uh, the athletic higher ups emails, Greg, you'll get you'll get sent a, <laughs> sent a freebie because that's all oh. I did. I must, I, have special. <laughs> I must have missed the email. <laughs> My granddad's been banging on about one of these for a while, so I do Has actually it? need to there get him go. one. There you go. You can you can get in that if you reply to your emails, mate. So yeah, as a, as a listener of this podcast, you can start shaving with Harry's today as well by claiming your free trial set that Greg Evans himself hasn't yet done. It's three pound ninety five, and you can support our podcast and get your set delivered to you, including a razor handle, five blade cartridge, foaming shave gel, and travel blade cover. All you got to do is go to harrys.com slash villapod right now. You can go and do that. That's harrys.com villapod, and yeah, that's that's the ad read sorted out. <laughs> I just wanted to, to, while we're talking about goal scoring, someone who I thought had his best game in the Premier League last night, someone who I obviously rate because I talk about him quite a lot, but Conor Harahan, he had a really good game last night. And again, the only way we're, we're ever going to score is from a delivery from him, from a set piece, isn't it? Yeah, excellent. A really good game. And um, my colleague, Matt Mayer, he works at the Express and Star, pointed out to me that he'd made the, uh, he'd assisted the last four goals uh, for Villa, which, you know, shows his value and his importance on the pitch, you know. I think we've been saying all season we'd always play him, wouldn't we? Because we feel that he's a goal threat, you know, whether he's going to either score on himself or set one up. Um, I think I just think his statistics prove it. And just, I really liked the balance, actually, of Villa's midfield yesterday. I thought that McGinn playing slightly higher work well. Uh, Louise was brilliant again, you know, every single game. I mean, his levels are absolutely ridiculous. To, to, to have played at that level every single game since the restart, when the games are coming around so thick and fast... Shows you know what a, what an what an athlete he is. You know that boy is so fit, um, and uh, and clearly got a lot of class. But yeah, Orihan there again, and there was a moment right very late on when just saw the angry side to him. You know, saw the leadership sort of side in him. Um, Villa gave away a, a corner late on, and it, it was quite a quiet sort of um, a, a quiet like Villa team that, that they they were almost sinking into their shells thinking because they'd just conceded and. And it was Horahan who just rallied the troops and he just like shouted at the top of his voice, come on, you know, let, let's let's not effing lose this now. And luckily they 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 uh, defended the corner well and didn't lose it. But 
Yeah, you know, what happens with him next season, we'll have to wait and see. I mean, I personally feel he's too good for the Championship and I just feel that maybe he hasn't quite had enough game time to prove that he's a, a quality Premier League player yet. But, you know, time's still on his side. He's only got 29-30, so he might get that chance in the future again. Yeah, I think when I look at that midfield last night, I think why hasn't that midfield played more? There's been a lot of games when Nakamba's played instead of Connor, and I just think he don't, he don't offer anything compared to Connor. Even if Connor's having a quiet game, which he didn't last night, as I say, I think it was his best game in the Premier League, he will give you a goal with either scoring himself or he'll get or get an assist, and there's not enough of that around the side to, to not play him, in, in my opinion. I mean, he's fought as hard as anyone to become a Premier League player. He won't want to drop down, but he loves it at Villa as well. So, as you say, it'll be interesting to see what happens with him in the summer. One other person I just wanted to, to talk about quickly, regardless of, of his goal, Esri Concer. I thought he was his best game in a Villa shirt last night as well. I don't know how it came across actually at the game, but on TV, I thought it was a very astute performance from him. And so I felt people are having a go in for the goal that we concede. I just think that's one of them things. It was it was unlucky. It's typical Villa, isn't it? He, he gets himself yeah. in the right position, gets himself in the perfect position, and then the connection doesn't work out. It's just... Just really, really frustrating and really annoying. But generally, I thought he had a great game, Concer. Yeah, I, just, I, th- I think any criticism aimed at him for, for the goal is completely unfair. I mean, it was a fantastic cross from Gomez, a brilliant header from Walcott. When you have two brilliant pieces of play like that, you know, often that leads to a goal. And Concer did everything that he could to, to stop it out, but it, it wasn't his fault for the goal. No, no way. Um, and a nice little finish for his goal as well. You know, fair play to him. Um, not yeah. sure if Davis would have would have scored with a flying head and possibly not, but you know, um, yeah, Conza, probably, probably not as a Villa striker. Great, <laughs> Conza stuck his stuck his leg out and and sent Pickford the wrong way, and, and obviously diverted. It, it was a you know great goal and and fair play to him because he had a little bit of um, heartache, so to speak, when when his goal was ruled out against Watford. In, Given to somebody else, wasn't he? I can't remember what happened. Yeah, Mings. But yeah, Mings. That was it. Yeah. Mings on the back. <laughs> so long ago now, I can't remember what happened. I just remember it didn't get no, a goal. No. But yeah, I mean, speaking to a few few scouts who 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 go and watch Premier League games regularly for um, foreign teams, and and they were saying that they've been impressed with Konza. Um, might possibly be be one of the ones that kicks on more than, than we expected. I feel like he's starting to become a very solid defender now. He's shown his versatility. Um, probably not his best position at right back, but showed that he could play there if he needed to, put some decent teasing deliveries in at times and uh, and got forward when he needed to. But yeah, I think there's a player there. Yeah, I mean, we were talking about Louise earlier and how he's come since lockdown. <laughs> Frustratingly, I think that's not good news for Villa in some ways because it, I think it means that he'll go back to Man, to Man City just as, he's, just as he's found his feet and he's putting in performances at a high level. It could be people are looking at concert as well, which... Again, could be a frustrating thing for Villa, but yeah, Greg, tough one again. Most podcasts we do seem tough. It was nice to do a win the, the other night, but today, a bit of despair because I think that is probably curtains for us. It's not impossible, but it feels very unvilla like to go and get six points from the last day, last few games and things to go away. But thanks for coming on this morning and talking to me. And if you are one of those people that have gone on social media and given Al Ghazi abuse and tagged him in abuse. Don't don't be that guy. Greg, thanks very much. I'll speak to you again on Tuesday after Arsenal. Yes, let's hope we're talking about a win and we take it into the last game of the season. You know, you never know, do you? No, fingers crossed. Thanks to everyone for joining us as well and listening to our in 74 today. I would say I hope you enjoyed it, but I imagine you're feeling pretty similar to me. But I hope it's been some kind of, of therapy and will help you through your day. The joys of being a Villa fan. Up the Villa. Mm-hmm.